basically you can't separate your fingers anymore. Like there's a nervous system problem where you can't move them independently. Oh. We'll come up with the exact. It, it's like terrifying because it, it can just happen. Now they can they can help it, but like literally, there's like whole physical therapy regimens of that where the, you know you start to play guitar again by literally playing on a block that looks like a guitar and hmm. moving your fingers onto it and then learning to separate them again. It's like going back to square one in one sense. It takes about a, a year, a year and a half to unwind it because you're literally retraining your brain to see it as separate again. Uh, but Fun. you do, yeah. It's that's why it's a terrifying thing. Sure. episode 34 i literally just pulled it up can't so, be true yeah. you, since you said it it actually changed it's not it just changed itself <laughs> so we can keep it from here so welcome to whatever metal or more it's more metal when you say myrtle episode 34 which has officially been checked and rechecked because i have a reputation that I'm trying to unwind a little bit, but uh, definitely episode 34. We got obnoxiously busy last week, and it was good to take a week off a little bit. And too. Man, yeah. this week's even busier. But here yeah, we are, champion, championing, champion, championing, championing. Sure, championing. Wood, That's the name of my next record. Championing. A couple of question marks. And, weird uh, grammar symbols in there to make it yeah uh, even more uh, confusing because why not be confused you know <laughs> why be stable confusion is so much more fun and on that note confusion of the fingers is also fun not really this is a this is a hand injury episode on that one and we were just literally oh look at you you're a tricky guy the, this detachable the thumb trick I used to you know, oh yeah do that but uh, <laughs> not well I, 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 i'm under no delusions that i can do it whoa <laughs> there it is now our kids are like whoa yeah we just we just gained some five-year-old uh, listeners so yep, um, keep your language and check out <laughs> i'll try to get i'll try to you know that i still have that video of sam imitating me when i lost my keys so which is classic but not for internet well, maybe for internet cloud, but definitely not for internet uh, good parenting points. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> just say at one and a half, he was imitating some words he shouldn't have been able to imitate at that time. Uh, it was funny, though. Absolutely classic. So, anyways, about hand injuries. One of the biggest guitar and I'm and instrumentalists, most instrumentalists. Very uh, scary. Uh, very scary. Very scary. How do you deal with them? How do you prevent them? The big thing, prevention. An ounce of prevention is worth many, many years of cure uh, with that. I know how the real saying goes, it's worth a pound of cure, but either way. Uh, the uh, How do you prevent these things? Because I had them a couple of times when I was in music school. I had two pulled pinky tendons, which was really annoying. Um, and then I ended up getting carpal tunnel surgery in my master's degree 
because that was an old problem from something else unrelated to guitar uh, that caused problems with guitar. It was tolerable, but it would be like anything under five minutes, I would be fine. But if I had to play a yeah. piece for more than five minutes-ish, my fingers would go numb. Like my first two fingers and thumb would literally couldn't feel a thing. And it would eventually spread to everything else. So I'd be playing with no feeling and just using my eyes to play. It worked. Like I, I, I clearly was capable enough to make it through and get up to the competition level playing. But you know, during the course of that set, I was playing with numb hand or a numb hand, and of course the fret, fretting hand. You know, it, it's not the plucking hand. It's got to be every, every beginner guitar player is like, "How do I get that?" That sounds nice. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It hurts so bad. It's like if only I had some sensation. I'm literally yeah. just kind of flopping around on a Bach fugue. So. Yeah, uh, and then, then I mean, Adam's story is not uncommon at all. Like, if you've no, been around guitarist and bassist and cellist, I mean, like, it's so common. Yeah. it's Well, I mean, like, Eric Clapton has neuropathy in both his hands, can barely play now, apparently, uh, which sucks. Yngwie uh, had a tendonitis bout that was debilitating. You know, Steve Vai just had surgery on his thumb for trigger finger and his shoulder for something else just kind of right. and that video if you guys haven't checked it out it's uh it's the one where he introduces the song knapsack forget what it was on youtube but uh you know he's sitting there and you know a shoulder brace and his other thumb is like wrapped up in surgical tape so he could play he could sit but the good news is is like it was trigger finger on his thumb so it locked into place but once they released it he was fine you know and he could play and then he wrote a song for one hand that's like you suck, dude. <laughs> that's, that's that's annoying as hell. It it was just incre- it's an incredible song. Um, so, but one of the things he says in the video, which I I sent this to all my students as soon as he said it, he's like, now I hold a guitar like a classical position, you know. And he's got like a, I think he actually had that Oasis pillow, and he was yeah. holding the, the Pia guitar up and in the proper position for it to be able to play. You know, you know, it's funny. Um, I was. <laughs> So I was listening to Julian Lodge interview on No Guitar is Safe. So Julian had hand problems too. Yeah. Yep. He had some scar tissue in there. But the- he did the total opposite. So he was mentioning how he used to play more with like on his fingertips and he thought that was the right way to do it. And he, he thought all these things and he's like, this is the proper positioning. And then he realized, at least for him, that was what was like 90% of his issues. Hmm. And he actually, he said when he started fixing it, he started playing on the pads of his fingers. So he always plays on the pads of his fingers now. And (laughs) his thumb goes over the neck and all these things. It's very like all his positioning that he does is very deliberate and it was very thought through. And it's more about function in terms of what he needs it to do as opposed to what he thinks it's supposed to look like. Yeah, that's where the function has taken over form in that in that regard. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was interesting because yeah. So he, yeah, no, he, he actually that, did the total opposite because he was yep. he having so many so many issues the other way. He had a lot of issues, if I remember. Right. Yeah. I didn't listen to that interview, but I read something where he had surgery, like to clear up some scar tissue in one of the areas. I forget where in his hand. Yeah, and he did like the whole Alexander technique stuff, and everything. like there's all kinds yeah. of stuff he got into. Yep. Oh, yeah. I was Alexander technique is one of the things that I uh, I didn't do like an official course of it, but I did. Somebody I knew did it, and they gave me kind of some of the basics, and that that really helped. I remember. Well, let's back up to first injury, and then we'll get into all those things that kind of help. Because I started when I was playing, like for the first 
God. I mean, I went to school 10, 10 15 years into my playing. Yeah. So, you know, I was totally fine. I never had any real issues. And none of the numbness in the hand would come up either. But, but I also wasn't pushing myself to the level of what See, classical, classical guitar technique. <laughs> like bad, now i'm man. gonna preface that the carpal tunnel happened from a job that i had using a sander sanding out uh defects in sinks like i used to work for uh well i'm not gonna say the company's name because you know that, that then yeah, you can sure. find stuff out about me but you know i used to work for a company where you had to do that for eight hours with a pan- palm sander and you know we had tons of stuff hearing protection and all that it was factory work i got paid really well for my age and in retrospect i wish i never would have lost that job in one set thing (laughs) but um because i could be retired right now you know it's like if i started at 18 and kept going that would be it you know yeah Uh, i was smart with my money which i wasn't but regardless getting to to where we are now so i did that for a while and that's the big thing that pushed the carpal tunnel to be uh, problematic and getting the the first real injury I had though was pulling that tendon. I remember succinctly when I did it, I was practicing a piece where I had a slide on the pinky, you know, in a particular, I was working that passage up and I slid too hard and like literally caught the fret and bent the pinky in. And I was like, ah, that hurt. And I'm like, well, I got like an eight hour block of time. I'm not going to take a break. I, I, I literally like, it was a snow day. So it's like, all right, I have all this time to practice. I'm going to get all yeah. this work done. I'm, I'm set. I'm going to get ahead. And so I played on it for another like hour doing the same thing. And then after that, it was so, it hurt so bad. I had to stop. Like it was like, okay, that's it. Grab the peas, iced it, called the doctor, went to the doctor. They're like, yeah, you pulled a tendon. You need to take a month off, you know, because tendons, it's not a pulled muscle. It takes a, a <laughs> longer period of time to do its thing. So I did, you know, I wrapped the fingers together and I was sitting there like, Every 15 minutes, putting it into an ice thing and taking it out, putting it heat back, doing it again, you know, yeah, doing the rice routine. And, and it got better, but none of the issues in terms of what I was doing with my actual hand technique were addressed with that. Then fast forward a couple of years later, I did it again just because this, in one sense, being in the school environment was extremely motivating. But at the same time, it, I was so overdriven that I would not take a break like at all. Um, I'm not going to say whether or not it was healthy to the nth degree because I got to some plateaus that I really wanted to. So I achieved some goals, but at times forced breaks would happen because of that hand and and I pulled my pinky again, not on the same piece, something different. And uh, so I had to take another month and a half off, but that was in the summer. So it wasn't too bad. And then uh, I got into my master's degree and I was just getting sick and tired of combating the uh, numbness in my hand from the carpal tunnel. I was diagnosed with it. I knew that it was there, but I was functioning around it without too much of a problem till I started to play longer works. And then it's like, this is just getting ridiculous. So I, uh, I went to a chiropractor and most of the stuff that he did was great. Like after I would get adjusted and bent and he did some stuff with my wrists and so on, boom, no problems with the, the carpal tunnel just totally went away for about three days. And then it would come back again. And then it would come back a bit. And it's like, all right, yeah. I, I, it gets expensive, you know, going to the chiropractor. Again, oh, yeah, again. Sure. It's just like, I'm doing is shuffling out cash and I was getting results, but not long-term results. And, you know, the, this particular chiropractor who was good at the chiropractic thing, but way off into the uh, particular views of some medicine that are um, quackery is the way to put it is a, to an extent about ducks. Uh, ducks. Yes. It's because if they weigh as much of a duck, they're made of wood and they're a witch. Mm-hmm. 
sure. you burn them. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, you know he was rapidly anti carpal tunnel surgery, and I'm like, dude, my my options are either come to you for the rest of my life, or get the surgery. I'm going to take the risk because I, I mean, literally, right now my copay is less than what I'm going to be paying you over the next three months. Yeah, that's right. So for getting surgery, so uh, we got like the top hand surgeon in Cleveland uh, to do an endoscopic carpal tunnel surgery on my right hand, which he did. You know, you can't even see the. I have no scars really, and they just went in and snip. It was 15 minutes. You know, it it, it took like a full hour because getting there yeah, sure. anesthetic and and I was only out for 15 minutes, but literally when I woke up, I was like, Holy crap, your fingers are supposed to feel like that. Like <laughs> I didn't know how much sensation I had. Now mine was not a super bad case of carpal tunnel. It was bad enough where if it was irritated, it, it, it would go numb. So I kind of like, I was in a place where I knew where it was and I was preemptively treating it in every other way outside of getting the surgery. So it didn't get any worse. But when I got the surgery, it was like immediately better results. After six weeks, I went back to playing and it was like I could play for two, three hours <clears throat> like now and absolutely no numbness in my hands. No problems at all moving things around. Yeah. Um, so it, that aspect of the guitar playing with Carpal Tunnel was not directly related to guitar, though practicing did aggravate that just because it was already there. Um, it wasn't caused by that particular issue. The pinky thing, like... That was stupid in my regards. Like when you, when you, you're, and I tell this to my students because I've been there. If you're practicing and you hurt something, you stop. Just stop. It's better to lose a day or two than a month and a half. You know, so it wasn't. So I guess when I heard your tendon story before, it was there was an incident. That's not when your tendon broke or whatever. No, oh, no, yeah, well. I didn't break the tendon. I br I pulled it, you know, or like too far. Yeah. Yeah. Way too, like this went this way, you know, just like you know, it, from a slide. And it was, it was just way over gripping, but I will say that the over gripping was totally a symptom from the carpal tunnel because I couldn't feel it. So I needed to press harder to be able to feel it, which yeah. made me press harder. And, you know, and it was a, a negative feedback cycle. And, after that first injury is where I started to talk, talk to some people, uh, some guys up in the Cleveland Guitar Society and uh, talking with, the, you know, Steve, our professor and so on. And it's like, yeah, you're just squeezing way too damn hard. The, I was, though I was, you know, the asterisk, there was carpal tunnel in the background. Either way, I was still over squeezing. So he taught me like this uh, really cool uh, what we called buzz scales, where instead of going through and actually, you know, fretting the notes, yeah. you'd go through and you'd push and then intentionally keep that buzz going as much as possible. So the motion of keeping your finger down, you're actually lifting it up off the notes. And being aware of the line between buzz note and clean note. Right. And you realize Just teaching yourself hurt. not to press so hard. Right. Yeah. Teaching yourself not to press so hard, but also it's more a matter of discovering where that pressure line is between clean fretted note and buzz note. Oh, sure. And it's honest. It's so small. It's not like you need to do like 30 pounds of pressure because it all it takes is like, you know, a quarter ounce more pressure and or whatever. And I, I don't know the terminology for yeah, it. Yeah, sure. 
proper things, but you, you get what I'm saying is that like it was a small amount more pressure on the string, and I got a clean note. I didn't need to touch the like have the whites of my fingers showing and touching all the way down and bending the string, you know, out of pitch to get a fretted note. That happened because of the carpal tunnel, and play and honestly some of it was playing on 13s like my calluses were so thick before i went to classical i have to like shave them down to be able to get some sensation but even then it was more of the carpal tunnel than anything else but the buzz scales really helped me discover physically where that line was and consistently do like i would buzz entire pieces like i would go through and be, like it, that was one of the things that i have it written in my 998 score buzz this piece you know like in capital letters written on the top and i would play it all buzz the entire thing like intentionally um and you, you do have to be careful when you're doing these things not to get into a habit of playing sloppy so i wasn't doing it like at tempo playing it like it was part of the thing yeah it was more of an exercise of like keeping voice control with the lightest amount of touch and continuously and it was mind-blowing to me how much extra effort i was putting time into that i didn't need to like i didn't have to squeeze so damn hard and that was it leads to so many other things besides aggravating my carpal tunnel it was slowing me down that's the biggest thing it's like you think you have to do all these crazy motions to get something done and the next thing you know it's like dude you're you're wasting so much energy you're never gonna get oh, yeah. fast and it's yeah it's slow yeah yeah it's 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 just not gonna happen and through observing a lot of other players at the same time, seeing like where I was carrying tension when I was playing, like uh, we, I had a master class. I forget who it was from, uh, but I was playing. And he's like, dude, you're, you're, you're way too tense. He's like, you need to relax. And I'm like, okay, I am relaxed. And he came up to me and he like in front of like the, the class and he put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, okay, relax. And I'm like, I am relaxed. He's like, no, you're not. Let it go. Like, let go of more tension. You know, and I kept like letting go and letting go and letting go. He's like, now you feel like you're relaxed. And the total difference in like my posture oh, was sure. still good, but it, instead yeah, of being like, like yeah. yeah, and I'm relaxed. What are you talking about? It's I'm like, fine. yeah, everything's good. You I can't turn to the left. Is, this is how I normally talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but feeling that difference with that Alexander technique thing of not only just discovering that in my shoulder, because it, it was good to have somebody else feeling me out in the sense of like touching the particular spots that you could physically see, but yeah. I wasn't aware of because I don't practice in front of a mirror, which occasionally that is a good idea. But the uh, getting that feedback and being like, you're carrying your tension in your left shoulder and you're overstripping the instrument. And it, since you carry it in your left shoulder, you're twisting forward, you're hunching over, it's going on to your back and so on. You need to like, it, it was a breakdown of, okay, you need to sit straight, relax your shoulder, trust that your plucking hand is actually going to do the work that you're telling it to do. And just let go of the tension with that. And this hand, let your shoulder come down. Let the, like, you know, the whole idea of a weight on your elbow, pull down a little bit and let the gravity do the work of, for your fingers. Like you already have the effort to push it there, but let gravity take it the rest of the way uh, and, and pushing onto the guitar. And that's a particular difference, I think, between the electric guitars with the radius and a classical guitar was completely flat. Hmm. With the electric guitar, you kind of have a built-in angle. So if you're straight, it's still curved and you can use your fingers in a gravitational way. Yeah, I mean, it's still flat. relatively flat though, right? It's still yeah. relatively, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it, going from relatively to completely flat is, there's like, there is no curvature on a classical yeah, uh, sure. fretboard. 
So that having a slight tilt back of the neck really allows you to, to use the fingers for gravity on that. That was a big thing is because whenever there was bar chords, it was like I was squeezing so hard. Sure. Letting it go to get into another shape was just like, I'd have to put an effort to relax my hand. And they're like, yeah, that's because you're thinking squeeze and not weight, like in terms of W-E-I-G-H-T. That was right, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, um, uh, and using the weight of your hand on the elbow, it pulling down a little bit on the neck, to get that oomph of pressure to play a bar chord or whatever passage was doing its thing is a hell of a lot more efficient than just squeezing. Yeah. You know? So and you, that was, uh, you've, uh, you've kicked off a lot of thoughts in my head, but you can okay. continue if you want, or I can, no, I can go ahead. Uh, so I've been thinking we kind of, before we started recording, we kind of, we said we were going to talk about this and I was saying at this point, I, I've, you know, luckily not had any hand injuries, you know, 30 years of playing. Um, but it's not because I wasn't, or I got lucky or a, a little bit's luck probably, but it's something that I, for whatever reason, for the long, for as long as I can remember, it was always important to me on guitar, even before, um, before taking lessons or anything to not put your hand in bad places. Mm -hmm. So like, I knew from the get-go, like, this wasn't a proper way to hold, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, it was, for whatever reason, it was intuitive to me to say, well, that's not a natural position for your hand, and that, you know, doing, like, weird, like, really strained things is, is not natural, so it's like, well, how do you figure out how to put yourself, it's like all the little, like, motions and where you put your arms and stuff, it should be, I, I guess that's what I've always told students when I was teaching more is, you know, it should, it should always just like, if, if this means that you have to stick your elbow up to get to that note, but it also means that this isn't in some weird angle in your hand, you know, you're not doing like mm -hmm. you can move your body around to accommodate how you're playing so that you don't put yourselves in this, in this crazy positions. Yep. And even and even like you were saying, like where your body is, like not because you're tense that you're putting yourself there, but you're you're actively deciding. Oh, I it's like if I have to reach this box over here, I'm gonna move like this. I'm not gonna go like uh, like mm -hmm. you know. I I can just move, and then now it's it's reachable because I I did that. So same kind of principles, but uh, I've I was kind of like thinking well about the relaxed thing you were talking about, and. One thing I think I got really lucky on, I was a swimmer through high school and college and stuff. And we used to meditate in both of those all the mm -hmm. time. But the type of meditation we would do was the like layer, lay on the floor and like feel your body getting really heavy and like sinking into the floor. And it's just, it's one way to tell your body like how to relax. Because you think that you're relaxed and you're like, oh, I'm relaxed. It's like, well, now imagine that your body's like sinking into the floor. And then all of a sudden you go like, you know, you're yeah. okay. Well, now it's so heavy, like you couldn't even lift it. And then you're like, you like really just start to, your whole body starts to fall like into the floor more. And, you, and it really, what it's, what you just, it's like you had to tell your body how to relax because it didn't really know how to do it. It didn't even know what that meant. Like how mm -hmm. to just how do you really 
turn off every muscle that's tense you know these well, you kind of things it's really interesting too it's like almost like an like an enlightenment sort of thing moment yeah, you know no, where you're like exactly. huh like i didn't even realize this whole time this muscle right here was exactly. like flexing yep. like why is yep. this muscle flexing and then you're like oh and then you let it relax huh and then there's like there's all these like facial muscles and stuff too right they get real tense or like in your neck there's like so many all over the place in your whole body yeah. that are just like they're tense for even when you're doing normal stuff you're writing or doing all these things they'll get they're always tense they're just like always locked up and you have to like learn how to like well how do i it's like you have to like sometimes you have to like the only way you're going to get this to unlock is you got to unlock this first and unlock this first and unlock this first and all of a sudden you're like oh and then you know then it then it loosens <laughs> up it, so I, I think those kind of things are really interesting and yeah. then I, it's it's like I said, kind of it's almost enlightenment's a weird word, but it's sort of true in this regard. It's like just knowing your body a little bit and like yeah. being aware of the moment of where you're at. So the reason I mentioned that is like when I'm playing, I don't always have the best posture and all these kind of things. But it's like you have to sometimes like get in the moment for a second and be like, oh shoot, look, you're doing this, you know relax that mm -hmm. thing or it's it's like a conscious sort of like get back in reality realize where you are put yourself in a good position maybe shake your shoulders out or whatever that you have to do um just to so you, you know that that one that always gets stuck like you can you know you know like the sequence to get to that thing to get unstuck now um but yeah i don't know it's, it's kind of fascinating all the, the little things you have to think about to get there uh, so I, I guess just to highlight my points, which were um, just being aware of the fact that you can, for everything else that you do, probably you, you mostly are comfortable just moving in places that are comfortable mm -hmm. and you can do that with a guitar, you know, like move your body in a way that, that makes it feel comfortable. It shouldn't, you should never feel like even like big stretches or something like yeah, you're not going to hold that stretch forever, but exactly. but it yeah. should be done. Like, well, what's the easiest way for you to do that that doesn't hurt? You know, like yeah. you can. That's, like, that's exactly what I tell my students. Yeah, like that's that's exactly it. Like I'll set them up in the proper sitting position and everything else to kind of help facilitate that. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm, just I'm slightly no, I'm slightly contradicting some of the things. I just, but not completely, because after I get them set in a normal way, I'm like, fundamentally, you should be as relaxed as possible, and this should be natural for you, outside of the weirdness of holding guitar for the first time. Sure. You know, the, the, I'm going to push, and I, it's like, if I was talking to my students, it's like, I'm going to push you into a classical positioning, because this, I really think this is the most efficient way to play. Once you get used to it, you can make adjustments. Because right. obviously, getting into weird chord positions, you're going to have to shift. That's just it. But that should be the outlier, not the thing that's consistent, where you're like sitting all weird. It should be like, no, you should sit as natural and as straight as possible so that you're using the body. Like the guitar is designed to be played by human beings. If it's uncomfortable, you're probably doing something wrong. You know, like that, that's just duh. That, that's Yeah, I mean, it, but... It is uncomfortable at first. It, right? uh, yes, of it's, course. It's, it's an odd, weird thing. And, and that's what I always say. It's like outside of 
I don't, what is this thing in my lap type of uh, idea yeah. when you're first beginning. But once you get used to sitting in that particular position and holding it a, a better way, it does make a huge difference. And, and better, I do mean better, you know. There's I know you do, but it doesn't mean I agree. But I, I know what you mean. It's, I think it's better for some things, but not necessarily everything. Exactly. So, that's my point. Yeah. Is that there are some things in guitar where it's like, especially in the classical world, it's like, nope, you got to use your fingers. You're not going to be using a pick playing classical guitar. That just doesn't work. That's a, that's a, a line that we don't cross. But no in terms of... Say it. Nah, no. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Shall that being... Spoken that, plectrum. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get banned by the classical guitar gods. The uh, Well, at least I'll get banned. They'll be like, he, the other guy, who cares? This guy, go for that. That means guy. you're going to sell double the amount of records now. That's true. I should do that. Um, <laughs> but the um, the underlying thing is that for the rest of some aspects, if it works for you and you're not hindering yourself, then it's kind of like, okay. Like if you're sitting in a generally good position and the neck is up and you have access to everything, great. That's fine. If you want to adjust it a little bit lower because you kind of like the feel for it there, that's okay. But if you're going to take it and turn it to the side and have it so that you're playing like this, with like one arm here and one arm extended, it's like that's completely inefficient. You're wasting ton of tons of energy with that, Maybe. and that's not something that you should. That's not something that you should be aiming towards to make playing more difficult. Because I guarantee you, playing like this, which is playing like this, is definitely higher. Like there, there's no doubt about it. Now I'm not well, saying there, you, there's disadvantages. I mean, we can get into it, but I mean disadvantages no, are, for being point. up. Like it's a little bit further for certain things that kind of get in weird places where when you play like say if you play on your opposite leg the the classical position i guess i'm saying is it puts the neck farther away um so, so that's why i tilted up though <laughs> yeah but then if it's here it's like well it's like it's so close and then this position can be pretty natural really um outside of your elbow gets hit stuck on your body like that no i mean like I'm this tall and I, I have a six four wingspan. I guess I don't I don't know. I mean I like playing in either position. I I, I see advantages and disadvantages for both and I use both for different reasons. Um but I don't know that one's better than another, I guess. One I mean a classical position forces you more or less to put your hand behind the the, the neck, which the more experience I get, the least the less I think that's important. Um, or like a good hand behind the neck, or your thumb behind the neck. The the sort of, you know. Uh, I know what you mean. Instead of wrapping it around the top, yeah, like it forces it down a little bit. When you play here, right, it's a little more natural to keep your thumb a little bit up here, um, mm -hmm. and it's sort of unnatural to put your thumb down. It's see how my, I had to like drop my shoulder. Yeah. In normal position, um, a lot of classical guitar players tend to prefer when your thumb's right behind the neck. Yep. In a pretty natural way. Problem is, you you lose a lot of leverage for certain things. You can't bend for shit. Um, you <laughs> you really can't. I mean, that, it's it's no, impossible no, to agree. do it with any good intonation. You'll never be able to do it, and you'll probably give yourself break a tendon trying. Um, no, I agree on that one. For, for in terms of bending, it's, yeah. it's it, or, or at, anything like um, anything where you have to like really like hold the string down and, and slide and things like that. You really don't have any leverage here to do that. You're, I've never run into a leverage thing with that personally. 
like, um, like that. I, I agree on the bend. I'll disagree on the leverage thing, but I totally. But yeah, there's the a bending certain... is like I tell my students, you know that rule where I'm telling you not to put your thumb on the top. Yeah. If you're gonna do a bend, get your thumb on the top. You need the leverage. You need the yeah. yeah part part of bending is it's really like a wrist thing. It's not so much your fingers, but we'll talk about that another time. But uh, anyway, yeah. So there's advantage disadvantages. Uh, but the point of all this was. <clears throat> not to tell you necessarily how to hold the guitar in, but in order to prevent uh, injury and so on, but that it should be a natural position that feels good. It shouldn't feel uncomfortable. I would, I don't use the word uncomfortable. I use pain. Pain. That's because un, like, uncomfortable is anything new is uncomfortable. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's but a fair it point. Gets to the realm. Like I tell my students, like if this room is pain, which it is because I'm teaching you. But if this room is pain, you want to be on the threshold. Like outside, not in pain. That's like where a, a healthy stretch is like you can feel it, but you know that if you torque it, it's going to hurt. And that's yeah. not what you want. But you want to just get to that. That's exactly where you want to, to have that sensation in terms of if you're doing a new thing. It should be feeling like you're getting stretched, but not to the point where it's, it's hurting. If it's hurting... You're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, that that's that's clear your body's telling you, hey, this isn't working for you. Something needs to change. So and th that's listen. that's a weird I mean, I guess the reason I use uncomfortable, but I know why you, you're saying that, because what you don't want to say is, well, well, it hurts my fingertips. So we're tending to be like, Well, ignore that for a while. <laughs> yeah, but it'll get better. Pain's so. kind of a, everybody has different pain tolerances. I mean, there's people that can like bend their hands in all kinds of weird ways and not really feel it, but it's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Um. And or some people can't take pain at all, and some people can take pain like champs, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, so they might put their hand like this way and like play somehow, and they're like, well, I mean, it hurts a little bit, but like it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. I guess what I was, and uncomfortable is probably not the right word, but it's like maybe it's unnatural or something mm -hmm. like that. You don't. You wouldn't put your hand in this position to ever, for any reason, when you're playing. You're it's working like, on a car. <laughs> yeah. It's like, or like I think about um, how you were talking about the pressure on the strings. It's like people already know, you. I, I always tell, like you already know how to do it. Like you pick stuff up, like you know what it's like to pick this thing up. If you had to pick it up with fingers, like you would, you know how to use the weight of that. That's the same basic feeling that you should have it's not like a lot of times you see beginners doing that with their thumb you know where they stick it yep. up and they kind of like try to do something yep. like this or between the palm and their fingers or something uh, yes yeah I'm but it's like well, well you don't where? don't and that's where you're like hey if you were going to pick this pickup like well how would you pick it up well you just pick it up like this you wouldn't like palm it <laughs> most, yeah. people, most people don't do that right so you already you already know how to do it. You've you've already learned these sort of motions in everyday life. That you can take that, advantage of those. The big thing that I push on is that I don't teach them squeeze because yeah. that's generally most people think that you have to make a fist to get it. I'm oh like, yeah. No, you want to touch your thumb. You want to feel like that's the motion. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. It's like well, that's again like on. picking up something like a pick or or whatever. It's like it's that motion of not yeah, it's not so much squeezing this. That was a, that was probably a bad example. Um, bad Tim. So, <laughs> but if you were picking it up, 
you know, it might be similar to doing that. Yeah, and that's that's the the gripping motion should be where you're trying to touch the thumb through the neck. You know, is what I say. Yeah. Because it, it's and and that's one advantage of of learning on a nylon string because the strings are so light. If you're doing something where you're squeezing, you're gonna bend them out of out of straight like like that. There's very little tension on them to keep them straight. Yeah, so, I don't play electric very much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I play on tens on an electric, but um, and jumbo no. frets, right? Or extra jumbo? Uh, I think I don't know what what I got on that neck. I got a deal on the neck, so I didn't really look. But they're they're big, so I'd love to get my classical with like super like scalloped. <laughs> but anyways, then um, talk about intonation. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, exactly. I tell so, you, like my second or th- like the second main guitar I bought was a Kramer Focus 2000, which had a factory scallop fretboard. Dang. And, but it was a righty. It was a righty, and it was upside down. But, yeah. Okay. That's... It was interesting. I've never played on... I, I, I've always been curious to play in a scallop neck, but I've never played on one. I mean, it mostly feels the same. Yeah. But it's like... You can easily push too hard and get weird intonation. I'd be curious to play one now that I've much better at those things, but mm-hmm. yeah. But I, back to the the injury yeah, topic. Sure. So with that, you know, the the proper setup, and I guess the big thing is like the ergonomic advantages of sitting positions should be totally factored in. So you're gonna the big thing is and is working with your body or or working against it with the guitar. If you can you hold a guitar almost any way you know to an extent and play it but is that the best way possible and like uh, i tell all my students at the beginning of the semester you're going to hear me say this to you a lot but i'll tell you now and this saying is this that was like falling down the stairs and landing on your feet (laughs) yes you got to the bottom and you're okay but there was clearly a better way to do that (laughs) with less potential for injury or catastrophic destruction along the way and that's basically where i kind of like that's where my the guardrails are up as i'm teaching i'm like there's there's more efficient ways you're gonna find something that's gonna work particular to you but you've been playing for like a month so at this Mm -hmm. point just do what i tell you you know and and i don't necessarily well i may say that to my college students but uh just listen to me and you're going to get to the point where you can make those decisions where the adjustments that you need because you know what's going to be efficient and what's not but right now you don't have a clue that's what you're paying me for you know um so i just uh i i always aim towards as ergonomic as possible sure and working with the body and that will reduce the potential for injuries you know, as soon as that Steve Vive video to kind of bring things back to that came out, I was like, this is why I'm telling you to sit the way that you're sitting. He's now compensating that with a, a classical positioning in order to be able to have everything open and not hurt his back and over the thing. When I was studying with Pierre, he was like, don't sit the way I sit. He's like, I have back problems like you wouldn't believe. But, you know, after 35 years of playing this particular way, I'm not changing anything, you know, and he can still play. But his, he's, I mean, Pierre's also a gigantic dude. I think he is like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he's, he's a big guy. So when he plays with the guitar, him leaning over is a hell of a lot of real estate going over the thing. Sure. So that's how he plays. But his back is feeling it, you know. Um, and it's uh, Clapton with the neuropathy, all this type of thing when he was playing, like this cocked wrist thing. Every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, just straighten it out, you know. Please you know what's funny, though, is... Out. 
he's the only bluesy guy I know that had any hand problems. I can't think of anyone else really. Hmm. Off the top of my head, bluesy guy? I don't know. I I have no idea. But uh, I know Ingve, another rock guy, big hand problems for a while there. Um, and I mean, it's it's something that you'll usually encounter at higher levels of playing. Like, and I'm not using that to tote up my own playing. I'm just saying, like, guys that are like Hillary Hahn, finger and wrist issues, um, all those players at that level are, are always concerned about how they're doing. And they generally work well, but they also can, we work hard. That's, yeah, I mean, it was also just, <laughs> there's some amount of it, you, it is a luck thing a little bit, I think, because, yeah. I mean, we're talking about people particularly the best of the best of the best. I mean, they are literally practicing 12 hours a day for 30 years, you know, like, or whatever, 28, 18 years, 20. And if you look at the amount of time they put in it, even compared to someone practicing six hours a day, it's like they Mm -hmm. doubled that. Yeah. And you're like, because you hear like Julian Lodge or whatever, it's like the amount of time that he practiced is enormous it's way more than i have yeah and uh i wish i could practice that much but i don't have the time but it's kind of (laughs) one of those like you can't it's hard to compare so some people might who who only practice a couple hours a day might not have any issues until they're 60 or something because they they actually didn't hit that mark that julian Mm -hmm. hit when he was 17 you know in terms of the amount of hours actually put in so there's a little bit of that too. We kind of have to look at, and then, and then there's genetic things too. There's genetic like, things, right? Or arthritis or something, right? You know. And that's that's why I got my Steve Vai bracelet. You know, mm-hmm. the arthritis. Not that I have arthritis or anything, but I figured it would help with my pinky. And I don't know if it was that that helped with my pinky this last time, because I started to get pain on the outside of the finger, but I wasn't doing anything with like sliding. Um, and I took a break for like a week and a half, two weeks after I slammed my finger with a pickaxe, my middle finger, of course, on the fretting hand of, of all hands. You know, it's like, seriously, yeah, right. you know, I'm just like, well, and I could play on it and it didn't hurt, didn't bother me to play. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be smart because of the last times where I pushed myself, even though it hurt. It's like, nope, I'm just taking the time. It's better to take a, a week or two off, which Julie loves because I got a ton of housework done. But the, uh, <laughs> this uh, is helping my hand. Yeah, yeah exactly. But the uh, the fundamental thing is that I took the time to recover, and I noticed that like in terms of the pinky, it was completely because of working out. Like I noticed that when I, I went to do a, another bench press, I could feel it push on the spot where it was uh-huh. sensitive and it hurt. And I'm like, all right, I need to get some padding because I, I never used sure. work gloves or whatever. So I bought a cheap pair, seeing it to see if it made a difference. Night and day, like oh wait, that pain is no longer crazily there anymore and it doesn't hurt to play and I'm totally fine. You know, it, I, uh, that was like, well, duh. And I got one of those Theraguns, you know, the, the little thumper massagers. You don't have to get a Theragun. They're like $500, but the other ones you can get on Amazon that do close to the same thing for a hundred bucks. So I, ha- I have one of those and I just use it on my hand and it's, it's wild. It's great. I wake up in the morning with my hand feeling open and relaxed. You know, I remember when I went to the hand uh, doctor uh, recently, like in the last five years, and he's like, you got to stretch more. But he's like, you're not going to injure your finger to the point of not being able to play. 
He's like, that's not going to happen. I can help you with anything, which is good. I'll ha- I'll take a doctor with that much confidence. Yeah, sure. You want <laughs> give me the doctor and the surgeons that have a god complex because I want the guy that's touching and screwing with my body to really be confident with what he's yeah. doing. I don't want him to second guess. He's well, like, I'm not sure while I'm in here if this is like no. Yeah, be right. sure. <laughs> Do me a favor. Uh, but anyways, he like brought up that point, reiterated stretching, and he's like, just d- stretch it. Take an ibuprofen in the morning. He's like, you're gonna, you'll be fine. And sure enough, that was it. Uh, with this last thing, with the, the weight thing, that was really it. It was f- annoying because it's like, well, I need to do something to keep my body in shape in order to keep playing. That's just like I'm sedentary for at least three or four hours a day practicing. So this continual not getting physical is going to add up in another way. So it's like, boom. So I got into a workout routine that I'm pretty much in, and I'm stuck with and I'm happy with, but it's like, I'm working out and now my hands are hurting and I can't play guitar. And I'm like, are you serious? The human body is a pain in the ass at times. Sorry, five-year-olds. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I did it. I pushed it over that line, but it, it, um, you know, it's like, I'm trying to maintain everything. And now I got this problem with the work. And, but that literally was literally, or, too many literally there, but that was more of get something with padding problem to solved. And that now I'm going to, I'm looking at like some really good workout gloves. There's even more padding just to be absolutely sure. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, and it's mainly the bench press. Wind. that does it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm taking guitar. Like if it between being in shape and playing guitar, guitar would win, but I like being in shape because it makes it me more like it take. It, this was the other thing too, with the, that I've noticed with getting into shape and playing guitar is that my tension levels when I'm playing are way lower when I've worked out. You know, it just gets rid of the internal angst that uh, a performance right. anxiety or, or a practice anxiety that, you know, is out there. Well, it's, it's a like natural stress reliever, right, to work yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it helps. Plus, I used to work out when I used to when I would practice, just like take it out on a uh, pull up bar <laughs> if I made a mistake. <laughs> You know, it, it would work, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then Adam could do 100 one arm pull ups in a row. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Buck. God, yeah. Buck. <laughs> so you try to do one without, like, you try to do one just normally, like, in your good spirits, and you can't even do one. And then somebody that, says, Buck. And you're like, <laughs> No. <laughs> it does make a difference man that anger gets channeled that pre-workout is me just listening to my recordings it's like, so. oh yeah. oh geez <laughs> yeah except that then it ends up with you like banging your head into it too you're like duh, uh, duh, uh. you are worthless why do you play this thing <laughs> yeah oh the things we tell ourselves but yeah. ultimately with the, the hand injuries it's a matter of um proper technique in the sense of working with your body more than uh, working more with your body than against it. There will be times where things get weird, but that's the exception, not the rule. So you generally sit into something that's going to be complementary to holding the instrument with your body. That's the first thing. The second thing is being aware of where tension is while you're playing. Like we talked about that briefly, but with the Alexander technique, you know, it's like this shoulder, you know, this, uh, the, the pinky, you know, you, you can see it in some kids or and by kids, I mean, college students where their pinky kind of like gets like that when they're playing and I'm oh, like, sure. I relax that it's going to, it's going to add up. You know, there's a reason why I teach particular things for plucking because I want the hand as relaxed as possible to get the results. You don't want any tension. So discovering where that was. And the other thing that I noticed too, is like, if I'm getting really tense, my feet will curl in. Hmm. Like, 
it's like one of those things that I notice where I'll, uh, I'm not going to put my foot on the screen, but you know, instead of being like this flat, I'll start to do this and stand on the sides, arrest the sides. So I've started to ditch the whole um, strict classical sitting when I'm performing. At this point, I don't have to worry about a grade, so I don't really care. So I'll <laughs> sit, you know, almost Indian style, and with my neck up thing and play because it's super comfortable for me. And when I'm comfortable, I don't have to, it's like, it's more home. So I don't get tension built in. Yeah. And at this point in my career, I just don't care. You know, it's like, no, if there was a competition and I was in the finals, I would sit professionally, but if I'm doing my own concert, I'm sitting how I like, Yeah. you know, interesting. Nice Do you think that that would actually matter in the competition? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think that so if they you, would knock you for not, following gosh that makes me want to do one like just so it's, let, let me preface play it this. on my head or something there was a competition uh that was going on and one of the co- competitors it has to do with the judges right it had to be this it has to do with the judges but there's it's it's multi-layered and i get both sides of the argument that this particular player didn't want to dress up for the competition where everybody else was like you know not tuxedo level but concert black because that's the yeah. that's what you do and they refused to do that, came out with like this wool hat, uh, <laughs> uh, this ratty s- jeans and a, and a sweater, and they played phenomenal. But it was like you could almost hear an audible gasp from the audience when they walked out on stage. I like, they're like what are you already. doing? Yeah. Well, I, I would, you know, and I get their particular point on what it was like, screw the tradition, it should just be, you know, I'm just going to present myself how I present myself. I get that. Like, but when there's like, two to five thousand dollars on the line and they're just asking you to dress up to be considered it's like okay can i be bought i guess is what i'm saying is yes so there's just no i'll throw away my individuality uh to an extent but you know I mean, you're already playing classical guitar there's no individuality <laughs> there's the shots fired <laughs> <laughs> nice one but honestly you know there is something to you're not necessarily wrong with that because that's the other haughty toddy aspect of it. And, you know, you get these guys that have been raised in that particular field of, you know, dress up in a suit when they particularly play or the, the, the women wear yeah. long foot. It's just and then you, they have this young kid come out that may be extraordinarily talented. But because of the way they're basically giving a middle finger to the judges and so on, it's like it's not going to bode well for you. And they, they sure I mean, enough, are they the greatest artists, right? They would have all done that, like just normally right like what do you mean in this well just in the you know we love van gogh and we love all these you know these people because yeah, they yeah, were yeah, willing yeah. to challenge the traditions or whatever but they also it, didn't make any money until they were dead yeah. so <laughs> that, that, it's, not, that's a, a, it's not, not a professional choice it's a it's something else maybe that maybe that lives longer too in a, a sense to an extent you're not i don't disagree with you in the least but do you or even remember the names of the other people or what they were wearing. <laughs> I knew they were dressed up. <laughs> so, they all um, look the same and they sound they the, same. the same. And uh, no, that didn't sound the same. And this person was particularly, they were good. Like they definitely could have placed way higher than they did. Like they, they came in like last and it, it was everything. That, I, I am willing to cut off my right arm in a bet to be like, it had everything to do with how they, they looked that particular night. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, well, we can, we'll get this another day, but yeah, let's say, the way but, you, uh, the way you present yourself. Yes. Um, does have an effect on people, how people hear you. I believe this is true. No, um, I, I completely agree. And I'm not saying to change one's particular style in order to fit a particular mold, but 
when you're going into a particular aspect of your playing career that is been a certain way for so long and they're not asking you to change your musical style they're not interfering with your quote-unquote art they already they're told you that but yeah part of your uh what's the word i'm looking for when you part of the quote your... yeah yeah <laughs> the, the programming your... yeah the programming yeah you need to lose leave the individual out let the bach in so now, why the, haven't uh... you cut your hair yet it's bach it's Bach. He's telling me to grow my hair out. He actually wore a wig. I have to go buy a wig. So actually, I don't know if that's true. I don't think it is. He hated but, a guitar uh, anyway. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. He never wrote for it. Bastard. But I don't even know how we got to this particular thing of the aesthetics. But regardless, that like I get both sides of that argument with the aesthetic element because it's such a, it was such a shocking oh. Anti thing to the tr tradition that the judges were like, yeah, no. And I know those judges, like they're incredible players. So I was like, those are not the guys that I want to piss off because outside of the set, like not necessarily piss off, piss off is the wrong word, insult, you know, by my particular dress because right. those are the guys that could be like, come and study with me, and then my career is set. Yeah, I and guess not, though, I, I, it's like, I, I, I get. I get the other aspect, but it was just like, that's a dumb trade-off because now your career, not necessarily has ended, but your potential has been, you have a lot more climbing to do on things than if you just did well, one. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Who um, knows? You know, I, I think it was definitely a negative outcome that could have been much more positive had something happened with that. So I think we got on that because we were talking about... You were just saying that when you do your concerts, do you sit how it's comfortable? Oh, yeah, I sit in a particular way, com yeah. comfortable. But I'm at a point now where I don't have anything to prove. Like, I'm not out there to be, like, winning a competition. Though, I, like I said, when I would do a competition, of course I'd sit the, the normal way because I understand what's going on with the field with that. But if I'm giving a, a concert somewhere, it's like I, I usually will dress up and up being a button-down shirt that's been pressed and ironed and some jeans and casual what, jeans. Well, I was going to say what yeah. normal people wear to work every day, except the jeans part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And now, now, granted, when I'm teaching, I also, I dress professionally because that's one of those things that it's like, if you take yourself seriously when you're teaching, your students will take you seriously as well. Yeah. So I, I, I don't the, walk the in with The whole perception thing does matter for sure. But It's it's evolution, baby. <laughs> we, we look for those things. It's been a long time of looking at them. It's just the way that it is for the time being. Uh, I don't think it's going to change overnight, but that, I'd love it to be just a music thing, but it's not. You know, everybody's got their style thing. Like, in one sense, you know, what Matt was saying about, like, guys were concerned about their brand and everything else uh, while they were out on tour, and he was concerned about the music. So, and I get that, you know, I, I totally agree with him on it, but it's just, like, the field that I'm in, is that particular thing? If I'm doing a concert, fine, and but if I'm called out to like a a particular festival or whatever, like you know a, a classic guitar conference, I'm gonna be as accommodating as possible without getting uncomfortable. If that makes sense. Yeah, because so. well, we're totally diving into other stuff, but it's like yeah, this, it's yeah. your strategy, right? It's a yeah, it's a strategical move to say. I don't want, I would like to make some more friends in this business. I would rather do that by being respectful and whatever you're, you're, you're playing the game, so to speak, so that hopefully it leads to more opportunities. Exactly. That's a very good reason to dress up a certain way or sit a certain way, potentially. And then you get guys um, like uh, Barrios who walked out dressed as an Indian. So yeah. yeah, of course he was like, 
you know, the Michael Jackson of classical guitar at the time, the absolute pinnacle. So he could do whatever the hell he wanted yeah. when he walked out. Um, and then it, it's like uh, Roland Dean's the, when I saw him. Dude, were you at that concert? Did you catch that one? No, no, I did not see him. Unfortunately, like, yeah, it, and, and then he passed away like six months later. But um, he didn't have a program. Like, he, no, he's like, so when do you want the intermission? And he just told the guy that was watching the door, he's like, just listen for tremolo. After that song, I'll come out. He's like, that's usually, I'll do a tremolo piece and then I'll take a, take a break and then come back out. So no program. Talk to the audience, like through the whole thing. Very animated playing. But again, top of his game. You know, yeah, sure. He's nobody's going to be like, he yeah. did this. It's like, shut up. That's Roland Dean. Well, but he's also an artist, right? Like, so there's a difference there. Um, and this is not to knock classical guitarists in a sense, but like Roland was a composer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and in an arranger and whatever. And when he played something, I mean, he had full liberty to do whatever he wanted with it. Even if it wouldn't, I guess it wouldn't be out of place for you to go see him playing a piece you thought you knew, but he rearranged it into a new arrangement. Um, and you would have been like, sweet. That's awesome. Like you went to see that. Yeah. Like that's part of yeah. the charm. Yeah. That's the that's what he's presenting. Mm -hmm. Um, where other professionals in music have different have different roles, right? They're not yeah. they're not doing that. So um Yep. So how does this all go back to the injury aspect? I think it, well, like I was summing up <laughs> before. Work more with your body than against it. Be aware of tension and spots where you can relieve that tension. And that takes, and I completely agree. I, I would say that it absolutely is enlightenment when you discover these particular things. Because you're, yeah. you're sitting there and becoming aware of aspects of your body that were out of focus. Because you just didn't think about it. Like Nobody thinks about the tension that they're carrying in their back until yeah. they actually sit there and be like, why am I doing that yeah, like, then, oh, oh. and the, you need to be aware of it in order to let it go you know it's like one of those techniques that because of the occasional insomnia that i get it's like one of them is like say good night to every section of your body you know and the more specific that i get the more relaxed that i get sometimes yeah. it works sometimes it doesn't um but fundamentally but at least you're relaxed yeah right yeah no exactly because it'll get you relaxed absolutely it, it gets you down through those layers of particular things so eventually you're like oh and then hopefully fall asleep um so being aware of the tension and where it doesn't matter if it's just in your upper body or in your hands you can place it that's why i think my feet do the thing uh do the thing if i'm really tense you know because it's like i want to keep this loose so i'll just transfer it to my feet it's like no yeah i have to literally visualize like it just kind of like washing out of me uh type of thing and yeah, that's sure. uh, you come up with so many different um approaches in terms of mental exercises and physical exercises in order to stay in a particular state for performance that these are all things that you should take into the practice room as well you know because in one sense what you get on stage is what you put into the practice so trying to immediately get into a relaxed frame of mind before you walk out on a stage when you're practicing continually tense it's just not going to happen so you need to to like when i usually start playing i start in the most relaxed way that i can like just doing a simple chromatic climb on each string keeping my fingers straight just playing the notes, getting the sound good, taking it real easy. And then I start, then I move into like my official exercises and, and so on, but all with the sense of trying to let go as much as I can in the muscle area 
but and trust that my hands have been trained to do the job. And usually when I do that, it works out great. Yeah, sure. Usually. I mean, I'm not flawless. Yeah. But, and yeah. Well, something you had hinted at before, and I just as an addendum to those things, is that we do something physical with an instrument that's it's almost like an being an athlete. There's a lot of parallels. So like take you can't just say well it's all about the music man or it's like it's just the art dude. Like that's all very important, but it is a physical activity that you're doing. And there's a lot we can we can glean and learn from other things and professions or whatever that use the body um particularly in a physical athletic way. So like even like the you you mentioned Alexander technique thing a couple of times it's like I think that was created by an actor who was like physical actor and like you know that's where a lot of that stuff came from and you know even athletes I was talking about being a swimmer and you know one I did learn how to stretch and all kinds of other things by being an athlete but I also learned about the meditation stuff it's like you can glean things from other physical things that have spent a lot of time thinking about how do you what is relaxed what is stretched what is um being in shape the benefits of all these things um so it's not it's not even you don't even have to just stay in the music world to to find out how to do this stuff and most of the the guys well i don't want to say most but it's like i know that david russell is a crazy runner like yeah which god bless his soul i run but i I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't get the draw, but uh, regardless, I still do it. Cause I got to keep cardio going. The, and then like, um, it's like, what was it? Christopher parking was a f- world championship fly fisherman. Like, I think when you get to the la- level of intensity on one thing, you generally will do that with any aspect that you touch. Yeah, sure. It's just like, I, I, you never go have on something. It's like, Nope, full board all the time. That's it. Yeah. That's Constantly. personality trait too. Right. Yep. But so it's, on that I, note of learning, learning about those things. Yeah, right. What's that? I had a segue. Uh, on that note of personalities, we have projects that we have challenged each other and signed a blood pack for that we're going to be doing. <laughs> Every six months, some form of a 20 to 30 minute EP. Right. And not only that, so we're going to try. I, I was telling Adam, I think we should not tell you what it is yet um, that we're doing. as far as details but that the goal here is for at least like the next two to three years to stick with one path and Mm -hmm. really hone in on that thing Mm -hmm. um and we both i think found let's say niches or whatever in our our particular areas that either is not well um there's just not a lot of people doing those things so there's an opportunity to um and there are things that we both happen to be very passionate about anyway Mm -hmm. um and very interested in and and have been for a long time um not just something like oh that's pretty cool today (laughs) now i'm going to spend the next three years doing it so it's something i think for both of our choices that we're talking about doing are things that we've both been you know like i guess circling around for years mm-hmm. and now what we're trying to do is say well then you do you're gonna do that and i'm gonna do that and um 
let's make that our thing and something that I don't want to say known for, but like we become a specialist sort of in those things. Yeah. Or at least really dive into it for an extended yeah. amount of time. Yeah. And not, and I guess that's the reason I'm saying like two to three years. It's, you can't just be the first record and then the next record is something different and the next record is something yeah. different. Nope. nope, I mean, nope. And, and, I, and I'm really trying to be careful with my words different because they might be very well be all completely different albums, but there are particular aspects that we both have talked about that I'm going to keep yeah. out of this for now that are, um, that have to be in it. And we know what the, the two of us know what those are. So there's some ground rules, right. That we're doing here. Um, <laughs> And one of those is, so the album comes out in six months, has to come out the six months from today. So I guess let's, let's mark the calendar. This is the let's 13th, which is a great day. Yeah. It's a great day to start, isn't it? Um, so we're October 13th. So there's November, November's one month, December's two months, January, yeah. February, March, so April. April. Is it April? Yeah. Yeah. November. So April 13th. So I think albums now come out on Fridays. So maybe we'll say April 15th tax day. Right. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) With all your extra refund, you can buy the record. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There Um, you go. Or at least stream it for a bunch. But at least we can remember that kind of easy. So it's tax day or at least what normally is tax day. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, so how do you do, how do you even do something like that? So we, we've kind of, the first one's probably going to be the easiest in a way, because I think, especially for Adam, cause he's already got some stuff worked up. Yeah. I've already got some stuff ready. But, uh, anyway, so right now I think we have to give some kind of draft of what we're doing, but the, the goal is a month from now, by a month from now, we have mapped out how and what we're going to be doing um since my is more improv there's obviously i i'm not gonna have to say like full arrangements or this is not the type of thing i'm doing but there's gonna i'm gonna have to know the songs i'll be doing hopefully know who's involved in my side and and sort of make those plans and then the next month um we start tracking maybe there's two months of tracking then there's Um, three three months of mixing and, and whatnot and fixing and and artwork somewhere in there as well yes yeah, so there's artwork there's um but i guess the reason we're that i'm trying to push those kind of dates too which means well like by the end of january basically you're fully tracked you're in mixing at this point mm-hmm. um is that we should have a strategy for release too so hopefully like there's a marketing plan or whatever so we're we're trying to do it kind of the, I think I, I guess this is what I'm thinking anyway, doing it like the right way. It's not yeah. going to be like six months and then all of a sudden like every video comes or whatever. There's going to part of that's probably be like, you need to do a video at a certain point you need to do, you know, needs to be released two months ahead of time or whatever of these or something promo videos or something, try to line up marketing stuff and all that. So that it's like a real release and not just a, I don't know, like, I think we all have a lot of music friends who are like, oh, I just put out a new record today, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. We're not going to do a bucket head thing where he's got 415 albums, yeah. quote unquote. Um, 
so yeah but then uh just building up on that thing that are becomes our thing so to speak and uh and we're these are individual albums by the way not yeah together. No, we're not we're not collaborating yet. yeah unless uh knob creek sponsors it <laughs> yeah at, at which point we'll do the on. double two-sided album thing yeah <laughs> and by so, say album by the way it's probably just a digital thing but you know. yeah maybe yeah. by like the fourth one though there'll be such a demand for it It'll that be... we could do a limited run you know hand signed copies <laughs> of vinyl right He's, yeah probably the vinyl oh, you have, the vinyl you have to buy like thousands you have to sell like a, like yeah like a thousand to really make it worthwhile otherwise you got to sell every record for like 60 bucks to even break even basically yep um it's crazy anyway Anyways, so you, all right. So that's so our you, game plan. So yeah, what's our game plan? So you have, uh, I guess, do you have some ideas in mind? For me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all, I, like I know exactly. You already what, know like the twenty to thirty minute record, what's going to be on, and everything. Yep. I haven't even my started. Thing, so, I'm, so far. My big thing is, uh, well, okay, I know what I like on it, but yeah. my issue is mechanical licensing. It's not so hard. I no, it, oh, it's not hard. It's expensive. <laughs> it could be really expensive. It's not. It's not as expensive as you think. Yeah, I did that Wayne Shorter record. Remember? Oh, that's true. That's right. Yeah, I so. could show you the ropes. It. It's not. I mean, unless you're gonna sell like zillions of. Basically, you just have to pay forward so many. So you. Okay. And it's not that much per each song, really. You have, and you find out where you can buy it from. So there's places you can buy those licenses for it. I already know where I have to get it. I haven't just reached out because I've heard mixed things. Like a buddy of mine did an album where he contacted the composers to play it, and they wanted like 400 bucks up front to put the track oh. on the album. And, well, I guess uh, that's, that's maybe if that's just – if they're through a, um, BMI or whatever, you can buy the licenses per track. Okay. This – he went directly to the composer and mainly because they didn't live in the States. So he, you know, he wanted to be upfront and honest with it rather than like, Oh, I'm stealing your music. I don't know if that's how the, that works. It's not really stealing. If you do it through the legal channels or whatever. No, I get it. I, I understand yeah. that. I'll have to reach out to him too and see what he did. But either way, that's the only, the only thing that will change the direction of it right now is a matter of that. Like if it's going to cost me a thousand dollars to get the tracks down, it's like, yeah, I'll just record no, it's not, I mean, I think it's like, 50 bucks okay yeah. that's doable yeah that's it really wasn't it was not much you just have to do it the right way and you have to attach those licenses to your distribution okay and so and you buy like a bulk amount you say oh okay. i'm gonna sell 100 of these so i buy 100 you know and then what you have to do like so what they do like cd baby and all these things you can tie that license stuff to it and they'll actually on the streaming revenue they'll Just already they already cut it off oh that, that'll work great yeah, yeah so Sweet. you might say oh normally for a song i got a half a cent now i'm getting a quarter of a cent because you know, <laughs> they, they take it off already yeah yeah oh that'll work yeah cool. it's not so bad all right man so all that's right that. episode 34 <laughs> catch you all later oh. we're gonna be practicing <laughs>